This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. Welcome back, everyone, to Point of Sale, the retail supply chain show where we break down, of course, our wonderful retailers and the data and technology that moves their supply chains. Of course, this is not just a wonderful show, but it is a community as well. So I'd love for all of you to be a part of it. If you aren't already, make sure you head over to FreightWaves.com. The top of the page, you'll see newsletters. Click on that, go to Point of Sale, and go ahead and join the community today. Also, as you probably noticed, we moved all of our content over to YouTube, which is really great. It allows us to interact with you a little bit more. So make sure that you subscribe to our YouTube page so that, of course, you have an idea of when new content is coming from FreightWaves. More importantly, leave us comments. Let us know what you like about shows, what you like us to dive more into. This is your chance, of course, to let us know exactly what you want to see from us as well. So uh, happy, of course, to see us uh, using that page a little more. And hopefully we'll see a little bit of action from our audience as well over there. Now, today we're diving into, once again, AI. Listen, I'm telling you right now, I I love, I'm a freight tech nerd. I love AI. I just was having a back and forth about how much AI will impact our supply chains some the other day. It's a, it's it's going nowhere. And if anything, it's already here and it's invested in heavily. We're going to talk, of course, with the co-founder of CODIS. I was looking to use AI to make the customer support challenges across e-commerce uh, much easier, uh, not only supporting the customers, but the customer service reps as well. So we'll dive into that a little bit later. We'll also kind of go over generative AI, where we're seeing it in supply chains and ways that it's being deployed and invested in right now uh, across retail too. But before we dive into any of that, I want to start off by giving you an idea of what we're seeing from one of our biggest retailers. Now, uh, of course, you know that I love diving into earnings calls, getting into those transcripts. That's where you really get to learn what the company is invested in, what's working for them. Uh, and oftentimes, what's not working from them. And it's been a while since we've... No, it's not Walmart. I will say that. So I'll give you that hint up front. It's, we are talking about Walmart today. I mean, it could come up, but I can't guarantee it. But today, we're going to be talking about Home Depot. And it's been a while since we dove into Home Depot and what they're working on. Uh, often, I believe, a couple earnings calls ago. If not, I think it was the beginning of the year. So their fiscal 2022 Uh, We talked a lot about how they're investing in their supply chain, in particular, uh, not only the technology, but they, like we're seeing from many others, are, I would say, leveraging their supply chain a little bit harder uh, than we've seen other retailers in the past. Uh, First story that we brought up probably two years ago now with Home Depot is they're working with LoadSmart in order to take their open deck capabilities or capacity that they're using, right? A lot of what's delivered at Home Depot, uh, especially live plants, right? Lumber, building materials is delivered uh, with flatbeds, open deck trailers, uh, all all sorts of uh, open deck trailers as well. And those are hard trailers to find and they're hard to network. 
So Home Depot was working with Lodestock Smart and a number of its partners to uh, take that uh, capability or that specialty of capacity and leverage that out. So in a way, hedging their own supply chain cost. So they would take that available capacity, make that known to other shippers out there that, hey, in this general area, that we'll have this many empty flatbeds. And we're able to, of course, utilize that to make a little buck off the cap- interesting capacity that you have. Love it. I, you see this from uh, uh, American Eagle, right? Investing in their own supply chain with quiet logistics, being able to take not only your data, your capacity, but leverage that against your competitors and also get insight at the same time. It's uh, it, it, it's just genius. I'm just going to say that. it's. I, I would love to meet the people who decided, hey, have that like light bulb moment that, you know, what we're doing here is interesting and we could probably use our own supply chain to hedge against our own transportation costs. So they were into that for the last couple of years and that's been paying off heavily for them. We'll get into that here in a second. Uh, but they did have their earnings yesterday that came out and they did beat analyst expectations. Now, that doesn't mean that they increase sales. It's the economy that we're all witnessing. There's no surprise to that. Now, they posted a 2% year-over-year sales decline for the quarter and they did lower expectations for the remainder of the year and for the last quarter as well. Uh, and they expect sales to decline somewhere between 2 to 5% for their total fiscal year. So uh, it's, it showcases to you, right, a lot of what's happening in home building, what's happening with the consumer. And we'll dive into the type of consumers that they have here as well. So consumers, particularly for Home Depot, you've got the DIYers, people like myself who are like, yeah, I can totally build that. Uh, or I can uh, totally have my own garden. And we go ahead and we go to Home Depot and we make those investments and we we purchase those things and we keep it moving. But they also have what they like to call in their earnings calls uh, pros. So that's going to be more of your actual construction workers, construction companies, uh, freelancers, things of that nature. So it's smart to kind of keep those two across. Now, uh, for the uh, this year, this quarter, they've seen transportation costs fall. No one should be surprised by that, right? Uh, it's something that, uh, trust me, carriers understand completely. Uh, they saw d- big ticket discretionary discretionary items down 5.5%. So really anything over a thousand. So they're they're seeing more of like these small pieces, uh, faucets, handles, things of that nature being bought more than maybe uh, your outdoor furniture. Another huge issue for someone like Home Depot, you'll see this in Lowe's as well, lumber. Its prices have dropped. Remember when you couldn't buy lumber unless you basically gave up your arm and your leg? Well, that's not happening anymore. Uh, lumber's dropped 40% in pricing over the last two years. And so that's greatly going to affect their revenue and their sales as well. Uh, so to see that going down 2% is honestly, like analysts thought as well, kind of surprising. Uh, but I think they're making up for those costs in different areas. Now, uh, Home Depot has a subsidiary called HD Supply. That's kind of their middleman, their in-house middleman, you could say. It's who works with their suppliers. It's uh, You could actually buy supplies as well from HD Supply directly. Uh, and they've made some huge investments when it comes again to their supply chain. Uh, this uh, Since November 2020 is when HD Supply became an entity. And they actually made their first acquisition this year with a company called Ready Carpet. It's a next door flooring installer. 
I'm sure being what the economy is, they've got it at a very decent rate. And now this lowers their supplier costs, right? It also adds on-demand flooring in over 34 locations for the company as well. So again, being smart, being uh, objective in where you're trying to lower costs. And for big guys like Home Depot, sometimes that means, eh, let's probably acquire them and put them underneath, in this case, HD Supply. So they were able to bring those types of, of costs down. We also saw um, them really talk about how they're investing within private label. Uh, I can't remember the name of it off my TED, off the top of my head completely right now, but uh, they do have their own uh, label. So when you go inside their stores, you'll see brands that you probably know of, and then they have their own labeled brands, much like you see in someone like Kroger or any grocery store. They're very excited for the holiday season. It sounds like they've got some really interesting Halloween decorations, Christmas decorations coming up. So excited to see how that pays off for them as well. Now, I want to get into the fun part, and that is the digital experience that we're seeing from them. The, uh, in their investment into freight technology and in different areas within their supply chain. So we talked about they've got the pros, right? They've got the construction companies, uh, the professionals, you could say. And then they have the DIYers as their customers, people like you and me who just expect to, that we could build whatever we want if we set our mind to it. And uh, that, that actually, uh, those two areas saw investments uh, in technology uh, as well. So there's a, a technology that they built in-house called Sidekit, which enables their employees to take pictures of bays uh, just with the HD phones that they give them and using computer vision. Uh, which is a type of AI, they're able to uh, accurately uh, guess inventory. Uh, the thing about Home Depot, too, you probably realize all this stuff's way up there. Uh, uh, five foot four, not happening. I have no idea what's up there. Most of their employees are the same. So they're able to use these phones to even keep track of a lot of the inventory that's not really accessible to the average height human. Uh, so this has not only helped the employees become more productive, but it's actually helped uh, customer service as well. When someone comes in looking for something, they're able to tell them exactly where it is because of the service. At Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care. And we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI? It's possible we're already doing it all while saving businesses billions that's wonder made possible learn more at evernorth.com wonder they also have their online portal that they're working on called order up uh according to their earnings calls that so they've actually been able to increase the time of a purchase uh by a 40 or sorry i guess decrease the time of a purchase by 40 percent so customers can go on there schedule pickups and the great thing about home depot too is they haven't had to overinvest in their fulfillment systems or their warehousing because a large, large majority of their fulfillment happens just from within the stores. Uh, and then last but not least, about a year ago, they started their own Home Depot Ventures. That's right. They're venture capitalists now too. Who would have thought? So uh, they actually made their first investment about a month ago, um, say a month and a half ago, in a company called HiArc. Now, this one is one they're looking to see how it pays off over time. And HiArc is basically a, a site that allows you to build your home 
or uh, for uh, construction workers as well to help you uh, figure out the documents that you'll need, permits, et cetera. It uses automation to build these homes. And it's, uh, it's if you've ever played The Sims, there we go, aging myself. Uh, it's it's kind of like that. So again, that's a new investment that hasn't really shown yet in their earnings, but we're going to see it soon. And so it shows you right there, uh, Home Depot itself, diving into the AI side of things. Uh, we've talked about generative AI in a couple of the past episodes, but just want to go over kind of briefly here with you before we bring our guest on a couple other areas that we'll, you'll see this more in retailers as well. Uh, the biggest one we talked about when sales are down, marketing, marketing, marketing. So you're going to see it in text content generation, voice cloning for uh, whether it's uh, taking uh, right, scripted to audio. Uh, you'll see blog to videos is a huge one as well. 3D asset creation. So being able to see uh, items in a 3D manner within uh, its website. Uh, there's also synthetic human and fashion design. That one hasn't seen too much investment, but it is going to be one that over time we'll see more of. Uh, E-commerce search. That one's kind of obvious, right? Using intelligence to improve engine optimization. And last but not least is customer support. And that's where we are today with our guest. I wrote an article about them a week or so ago. Uh, it's a company called Codif, and their co-founder, Mike Zayanth, is with us today. Mike, thank you so much for joining us. Thanks, Grace. Great to see you. Yeah, it's good to see you too. Uh, and listen, Mike is not uh, new at all to supply chains. Uh, can you tell us, uh, I think this is the first time on this show, can you tell our audience a little bit about your background and then we'll get into the coder side as well. Yeah, and I've been on a few, quite a few Freightways events and shows in the past, but in a different company with Plug and Play. So I started the supply chain program for Plug and Play, which is uh, one of the most active venture capital firms in Silicon Valley and also one of the largest startup accelerators globally. So in 2017, I started that program because I saw an opportunity to work with more and more supply chain related startups. And uh, since that program started in 2017, the amount of venture capital going into supply chain startups has gone up from 6 billion to 24 billion uh, per year. And then uh, i We've been able able to help a lot of amazing startups that uh, have been involved with freight waves, including freight waves and companies like Project 44 and Flexport. And uh, my team ended up investing in about 70 startups uh, in supply chain. And uh, some of them were extremely successful, uh, like Rappi, which became the unicorn of Columbia. We also have uh, Shippo uh, in, in supply chain and then Einride, which is a fully electric autonomous truck. So uh, after seeing so many startups grow and kind of grow really quickly, I, I thought, what would it be like to actually be part of the startup journey and, and try to build a really successful startup? So that's kind of what brought me to Codis. And uh, we're uh, helping with e-commerce companies and logistics companies, helping automate like high volumes of customer support interactions and helping agents in that space. Well, let's talk about exactly what Coda is doing. Let's dive a little bit deeper into really what it's optimizing, or in this case, I think more supporting. Can you tell us a little bit more about uh, Coda's offering? Yeah. So where Coda initially was started was with our CTO, uh, Noor. So he was actually at Uber as Uber was going public and 
he had this idea at Uber, like, hey, what if we are to automate like the high volume of customer inquiries that Uber gets, which is like over 600 million. So anyone that's using like the Uber, Uber Eats app, his team basically built the automation platform now that, that you kind of like have to self-serve or it, it, it becomes uh, really important to automate that uh, rather than going directly to an agent. So this was extremely successful for Uber and able to audit. It was able to automate about 60% of the global customer interactions. So then after building that team for Uber, he got this idea and built like a kind of founding team and said, Hey, what if we build the, bring this to other companies and, and allow this kind of like low code self-service automation. And, and that's how Codif was born. Yeah. Less than two years ago and raised some funding. And now, uh, yeah, we're working with quite a few other companies to kind of deliver a similar experience. And it's just becoming enhanced nowadays with the capabilities of like generative AI defer automation as well. So it's a really exciting time for us. Yeah, I, I'm interested in, especially your background, right? And a lot of the work that I know that you do in AI as well. Uh, where do you see it really, I guess, disrupting supply chain, especially for e-commerce, retail in particular? And it really, how do you see automation driving better results for these companies? Yeah, so for supply chain companies, uh, so I'll talk maybe about both like e-commerce customers and and logistics companies um, as well. So regarding like e-commerce customers, like they're constantly getting like the where is my order request, right? Or they have to answer these really tedious high volume questions that it doesn't make sense for for you to call into an agent or wait for a response. Uh, You should be able to resolve these in real time. So Codif enables uh, customers to resolve a lot of those kind of quick requests. Like, so for some of our customers, like Reserve Bar, which is like a high-end alcohol delivery company, or Good Eggs, like an Instacart competitor, uh, we allow customers at volume to at, and scale to self-service and automate those requests, which has been very successful uh, for, for these companies. And we're also enabling agents as well with tools that are able to allow them to uh, respond better to customers, be trained more effectively. And in regards to the logistics companies like the trucking and 3PLs, uh, we've been able to work with a lot of like customer care teams or uh, like working with those repetitive requests because uh, in in logistics as well, there needs to be like, for example, an update if the shipment is delayed or if shipment needs to be changed. And oftentimes there's those high volume requests that don't necessarily need to be resolved by like a, a full-on customer care team where you can automate a lot of those um, as well. You know, it's interesting because uh, a lot of times, especially small e-commerce companies, right, they they don't really get those tools unless they're working with like a third-party seller, whether it's maybe someone like Amazon, Walmart in particular. So this is cool that I think AI is becoming so uh, maybe more obtainable for companies, right? To be able to invest in themselves and have a little bit more power over their supply chain and their customer service experience. So I think it's really uh, interesting too how uh, this can also lead into the deeper into the logistics side, all, also into the trucking and uh, more of the, uh, I guess, deeper into the supply chain as well. How do you see, you know, inventory has been a huge issue, right? When it comes to, 
uh, how e-commerce companies, retailers in particular, are able to uh, not only predict what customers are going to want, but uh, what they have in hand, uh, especially large retailers, right? Keeping an eye on everything across the board. How do you see AI, I guess, uh, enhancing the predictive element uh, and demand forecasting, not only for like large retailers, but even someone like Reserve Bar as well? Yeah, for sure. Uh, so, so it's been really interesting because oftentimes those requests, if there's like an out of stock issue uh, for some of these retailers, then that's a really bad customer experience. And generally that uh, will be an issue, right? So similar to like the experience uh, where our CTO built for Uber and Uber Eats um, or, or also our chief product officer came from Amazon, uh, where you're able to kind of request other items or let, let's say the item you ordered all of a sudden is out of stock, then we're, we're actually working now with some customers in, in e- the e-commerce sector um, where that happens rather than getting like a human to talk to them, but we can actually like recommend immediately some other options. I give them some discounts. So this has been really valuable. Not only does it enhance customer experience, but it even enables these kind of e-commerce companies to upsell their customers necessarily. If we can recommend additional uh, items that they might want to purchase or give them some sort of discount, then the customer experience goes up dramatically. And and because we're able to do this in real time, then it, it's it's uh, significantly improved as well. So that's been super valuable working with uh, a number of our e-commerce uh, customers. Now, I want to touch on also the uh, data, I guess, privacy side of all of this too. And AI comes up, right? People want to know, where's my da- data going? Is it being shared with others? Is, how is this the company using uh, this and sharing this really uh, at a broader scale? Can you tell us how Codif is, is I guess, securing its uh, retailers' data and how exactly the technology is built around that? Yeah, so uh, that's something we've kept in mind since building co- the inception of Codif is that uh, there's all these important requirements that you want to make sure that you're, you don't know where your data is going, there's all these concerns, right? So uh, we essentially abide by a lot of these important policies for tech companies, like we don't collect uh, personal information or we do not, uh, we do not sell data to third parties. Uh, we secure data in the private cloud, so we, we preserve confidentially of, of client data. We're also uh, SOC 2 Type 2 compliant, um, and we met all those other metrics like in Europe, like we're GDPR compliant, etc. So uh, we've been able to uh, pass a lot of those important requirements, and those are those are important things for startups uh, to make sure that clients are are able to feel comfortable and 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 uh, safe working yeah. with you. Mike, I have a, about a minute here with you. Can you tell us what's coming down the line for the future of Codif, of what you're seeing in AI and uh, in the adventures uh, of startup life that you're now in? Yeah, for me, it's been extremely exciting being on the startup side of things. And uh, I've seen so many startups in AI grow and you you know a lot of them too, Grace. Uh, they've been super successful. So I think this is the an amazing time to be in, in AI. Um, at Codef, we're seeing a lot of opportunities. I, and I would also like to highlight, like, because we can, can automate like these high volume customer inquiries. But we also have tools working with age, customer experience agents or customer care agents. So uh, one of the big issues there is that 
they are being, uh, they need to be trained in real time where they, there's a lot of turnover with the agents. So CODIS is enabling them to uh, essentially give access, uh, get access to information with the chat GPT like experience in terms of how you can get like FAQs from your company, how to respond to customers. So uh, we're excited to be like a holistic solution for customer experience and customer support. Well, and besides F3, which we can look forward to seeing you at, uh, where can uh, listeners and viewers go to learn more about the company and and reach out to you as well? Yeah, so you can go on our website, uh, just codif, K-O-D-I-F dot A-I, or you can reach out to me or my co-founders on LinkedIn, uh, can follow us there. Um, go on our yeah website and and yeah feel free to just message me directly as well. My email is mike at codis.ai. So happy to chat with anyone that has questions about our solution. Well, thank you so much for joining us today. Everyone go ahead that way, of course. And uh, we'll see you soon at F3, okay? Yeah, look forward thank to it. Thank you so much. And for our audience, you might as well come join us too. I mean, it's going to be the party of the year. Head over to live.freightwaves.com. And get excited because November 7th to the 9th, we're all going to be together in Chattanooga, Tennessee. That's right, for F3, the Future of Freight Festival. And let me tell you, the thing about this is that I, I know I'm a tech girly. Um, uh, you expect it to all be technology-focused. It's it's definitely not that. There will, of course, be a, a number of technology providers there. Uh, but it's the perfect time to network and listen to industry leaders and, and economists on what's happening not only in our supply chain, but in the world economy as well. Every time I leave our events, I feel like I learn more about the economy than I do if I watch CNBC all day long, basically. So go ahead, head again to live.freightways.com. Uh, get signed up today. Get your, hel- your hotel rooms in order. Get your flights in order. Uh, we're ready to, of course, take over the city again this year. And it's going to be, if you want last year, it's going to be even better than that. So I want to thank our audience again for joining us for another episode of Point of Sale. Again, go join our community, head to newsletters on the Freightways page and join Point of Sale. And other than that, I will be here next week with y'all. Until then, keep buying stuff so we slow the show.